In the studio, I have Ngaro Nora Nata. Good morning. Ai, atamari e te whānau, whānui o Whaingaroa. And I think some of my whānau might be listening in, so that's cool. Ai, atamari e koutou. <laughs> Kia ora. So uh, we, we are talking Matariki today. We normally call the segment Kairongoa, but... This is kairongoa. This Still? is medicine for us. Okay. Uh, the whole practice around today is the 21st of Pipiri. It's a significant day in so many ways. It's considered the, well, it is the shortest day of the year. Yeah. It's the winter solstice. But in Te Ao Māori, it is significant because of the rising of a cluster of stars known as Matariki. For the ancient ones, uh, in terms of Greek history, it's Pallades. Yeah, yeah. And I was about to say, how do we determine exactly what day is Matariki? Oh, so we leave. We don't leave that information up to astronomers, yep. but there's plenty of, um, of that type of information within the scientific Western scientific world that that know that information and outside of that in terms of indigenous people as well. So the rising of Matariki is slightly different each year according to the way that the cycles move of the constellations. And there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of uh, movement that is constant and continues that we probably don't pay attention to in our daily lives. We're, we're much more used to the weather of, like, is it going to be sunny today? What's the temperature going to be like? But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah. Before we before we get into that, we just want to mention the track that I was just playing, mm. um, Ariana Tikau playing Matariki. Now, the instruments, the sounds on that at the start, what were we listening to? I think there was a, a taonga puoro. There's been a massive revival in traditional Māori, not only wind instruments, but other types of instruments that uh, form a cluster, a cluster, a, a collection of taonga puoro that are now um, really uh, people are wanting to hear the sounds. And then there's a significant number of people who are also um, making making these instruments from natural materials, uh, the known natural materials that they were originally made with uh, from, and to be able to play them. And that's that to, that to me is based on the sound of these instruments also brings us to another way of Sound, um, healing sound, healing sound, I'd say. Okay. All right, so back to Matariki. Um, I guess we could just start off with what, pre-European times, what would, what would be happening now? Oh, <laughs> so the pātaka, which is the traditional, uh, what do you call it, where you put all your food in? Pantry. The pantry was the traditional pantry where it would be full right now. Yeah. So there is no harvesting as such of of food from the earth or um, uh, different kinds of food. That's already done. Yeah. And that's in storage, ready for the winter months ahead. Uh, so it's a time to rest from that type of activity 
and to reflect on the year that has passed and just take a, a, a little a pause a pause in in those types of activities but that's not the only thing that is um, this particular constellation of uh, a cluster of stars offers us it was it's known for uh, in navigation how to get from one country to another <laughs> you see and there is I wonder if I can bring this back up. I was just talking about a film that's showing on the 2nd and 14th of... No, 2nd and 17th of July here at the old school, Fetu Marama, about Heck Busby. And oh, yes, that will, that will be really important. Um, yeah. He is very uh, highly regarded from the far north, from uh, Ngāpuhi, in terms of that mātauranga, that knowledge around how the particular constellation... And others, but that particular constellation was used uh, in ancient times and in in times now f- for um, navigation, but m- more um, aligned to uh, the waka that went out into the ocean. I I don't know that the navy would use it <laughs> because they don't understand it. They don't actually know, and yet we have. It's been proven so Not many anymore. times. No, I think they're afraid of it. I think they actually like their machinery and like oh, for sure. to be told. But yes. this is, we're talking about using the naked eye to sight these constellations, this cluster of stars and go, yes, we're on course. We, that's exactly where we should go. I've, I've travelled across the Pacific on boats, and, like those ships, small ships, but you spend most of your time not being able to see land. Yes. Like it's a, it's a very challenging environment to sail sail around right so, right yeah i'm yeah. not a sailor so i can't speak to no i did i wasn't a sailor either i spent a lot of time throwing up <laughs> it's just i had to, had to get from a to b so so i did yeah yeah so um but yeah most of the time it's really you, you notice like you if if i wouldn't have had a clue how to get anywhere i would have yes. been lost immediately right yeah. and so that's why you have these highly skilled uh uh people and who were travelling on the oceans, and they knew that they were going where they were going to, and they were given clear in instructions as to what to look for along the way that would guide them to that yeah. that land mass. Yes. Yeah, I imagine that there was a time when the navy did use that kind of navigation. Oh, you know, I'm pre, not going, like we're going I, back a long time. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, but the bells and whistles and the yeah, people love those now. Um, so so yeah so so Matariki, I was um, someone was well people were texting me songs to play for because it's winter solstice and initially and I was so there was no preparation on my behalf I just started looking for things once I got in the studio and there was a list of songs I found and one of them said play a, it was a Joni Mitchell song and it, it was she writes about the winter blues and then I then I thought are we is Matariki about the winter blues or is it about coming out of that. And there's a Beatles song called Here Comes the Sun. So this is not Māori music, but this was just the process I was going through myself this morning. And I'm thinking, we're not, we're not, I mean, this is not about dwelling in the winter blues. Um, w- this would be a first for the Western world uh, to actually have a national day and in Aotearoa that is actually focuses on Māori, a Māori New Year. Uh, Māori don't cannot claim that exclusively. Pallades, as it's known in the Western world, uh, and there are many countries that 
that see this cluster of stars that we call Matariki, but we pay attention to it because it's a part of a natural, a much bigger natural cycle that gives us um, a, a reset, a time to be more inward. Yeah. Uh, it's not an outward celebration as such that the West uh, has adopted. In, in the Southern Hemisphere, what has happened is we really have adopted many ceremonies and practices from the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not actually related to anything from this land yeah. as such, not at all. And I think the significant thing, when I was looking for music, it kept offering me like Christmas music, basically. Songs about the Yule log and, and stuff like that. Yes, and that that was like, oh yeah, Aaron, this is that's what winter solstice is well, supposed well, to be about. Yes, well, the the original practice around Christmas is actually Middle Eastern. I mean, you know, the Christ, the whole yeah. I won't go into a lot of detail about that, but he actually comes from the Middle East. Yeah, so it's not even um, you know from Europe as such. And I think it's really important to acknowledge the origins of those original practices and where they come from and why are we practicing them here. If you have a practice such as matariki, then you're, you're really acknowledging that there is significant knowledge and, and matauranga or a revival of or a renaissance of a body of knowledge yeah. that is held by the people here. Uh, for all the right reasons. <laughs> so what? What I mean, what is the body of knowledge? And actually, I know I have. I think a better question. What? Because you were taught by your your elders growing up, like a lot of the knowledge that you have. I wasn't so much taught as some of the practices. Now, when I look back to my younger years, were very much based on on the supply of food. So and the growing of. Uh, food and when to put it in the ground, because it was it was essential. Uh, it was essential. There was an essential cycle to doing that practice. That meant that you would be fed um, mm. a, a, at some point, and there would be an abundance of food. So you know, you know, it, food is an essential part of of um, of our life. So was Matariki practiced in in your life in some no, way while you're growing no. up? Not at all. No, we were, we were very much colonised. There was no, there wasn't even a hint of like, you know, have a look at the cluster of stars in in the month of June. That yeah. wasn't uh, at all done. There's a renaissance. There's been a revival, yeah, a significant one, and we're we're at a really interesting point in our history that we have a national day. And I think people yeah. around the Western world will be going, you have a national day to acknowledge the Māori New Year, which is based on a cluster of stars. <laughs> Why are the stars so important? They, yeah, the they stars, might be saying. Yeah, and yeah. we personify those stars. Um, Subaru is in Japan. Yep. That's based on the um, Seven Sisters. Uh, many of the temples in Greece, uh, the old temples, face Pallades, Matariki. Uh, Stonehenge, also in England, faces uh, Matariki. So there were ceremonially uh, practices that obviously acknowledge the rising of Matariki and the significance. I keep 
using both words because most people may know of this cluster as Pallades yeah. rather than Matariki. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm, surely people are making the connection these days. I don't know. Hope so. I have. But I keep interviewing <laughs> people who talk about it. So, yes. yeah, it's become familiar to me. The I'm just trying to. I guess I'm trying to visualize. Like we say, the the cluster is rising. Has is it has it been out of sight? Like we just can't see it. I suppose if we could see it during the daytime, it's there. But um, well, I think like where is it? Where is it when we can't see it? Okay, so it predominantly comes into our skies, our night skies, um, in the northeastern horizon. And it can stay for um, up to, you know, um, a period of time, and then it disappears. Now, for some here uh, in north, in the, in the north, the far north, and places like Taranaki, they actually acknowledge another star called Puanga, uh, known as Regal, as the most important, significant point of reference for um, this this time where we go into wānanga, we are more quieter and yeah. sit and yeah. talk and tell stories and um, eat food together. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, let's talk about storytelling because I think, are you going to be doing some of that um, at yes. the community celebration? Yeah, I, th- I was um, uh, asked to... To be part of a local community event um, on Sunday, this coming Sunday, uh, in the, our main street here, where for the first time for the inaugural uh, celebration of Matariki, and uh, shoulder tapped to uh, offer um, a storytelling um, part to the program um, around the. Matariki and her children. Mm. So, yes. so what have you planned? <laughs> what have I planned? <laughs> have you planned? You're not finished planning. <laughs> <laughs> Always planning. Uh, well, I hopefully I will be able to share part of the big the story of Matariki. Uh, for some, she's known as a mother, and with her six children, and all of those children have names. And their names have particular personalities or their archetypes based on um, their activity or their personality. So those those children have certain personalities. Waiti is is um, to do one of the stars. Waiti and Waita who hang out together yeah. uh, to do with um, fresh water and salt water and the activities around what is within the sea, like the um, the tohora, the the whales, and then the um, waiti, sorry, waita, that's waita. Waiti is to do with freshwater activity and all that lives within the fresh, the body of freshwater around estuaries and up rivers, and that cycle of migration out to the sea. So they. They often meet where the water changes from salt to fresh water and have this uh, huge conversation about letting <laughs> letting some of the babies go out to sea because 
as as you know, there's some amazing stories within just those those two um, children, and how how the the tuna that is um, uh, spawned in the in the freshwater then travels and hops over this. Um, Freshwater into salt water and then migrates all the way to Tonga and knows its way home. So all this, all this, these these stories all come from just the relationship of two of the stars within the cluster of Matariki. Yes, that's such a like a really evolved story. Like I don't, I'm struggling to describe it. I wasn't expecting that. Yes, there, there are um, there are archetypes. Uh, if that's a good word to use, they have very different personalities. Uh, the, the two recent stars which have joined this cluster that was probably historically uh, seven, yeah. and, and in recent times there have been two more, Hiwe Terangi and Pohutukawa, are now uh, seen with the naked eye. I can't confirm that. I'm not going to confirm that for you because I see seven. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm told that is so. <laughs> have you have you been looking out for Matariki? Yes, yes, yes. Of course. It's. Uh, um, I remember uh, many years ago when I first sighted Matariki. I was uh, and it was on my computer. To be honest, I, I thought I, I thought she was extraordinarily beautiful. I had no idea that she would be so present and the light was blue lights. The blue lights yeah. came from Matariki. Yeah, and are you looking out for her at the moment? Um, I'm more contemplating how, what that, what her Modi is giving to us on the land. <clears throat> looking out for her, yeah, absolutely. I guess, I mean, I guess these days we have extremely sophisticated calendar systems and Google will tell us what day we're going to see Matariki. So it's not quite the same. Um, I think I interviewed Sean Ellison a few years ago and he talked about pre-European times, like people would be looking, waiting, waiting for the the moment that they could see Matariki. And, and, but now our phone will tell us what day that is. So it's, it's kind of different in that regard. Uh, yes, it is. And I think it's because our attention really has turned to the Gregorian calendar, which has no reference to any natural cycle. The Gregorian, which is Monday to Saturday. So you have five working days. It's an economic calendar based on the um, Industrial Revolution, really. Yeah. It, it was designed so that you have five working days and two days off. And that's been ingrained in us in the Western world uh, for far too long. So any natural cycle of the moon, uh, the lunar cycle and the solar cycle uh, are supposed to fit within that matrix. But it it should be the other way around. Yeah, it, it, yeah. The the seven day week thing doesn't fit. It doesn't fit with that. We have twelve months, and we we all know that relates to the moon somehow. And we have three hundred sixty five days a year. But but the nut. But the weeks don't – you don't have whole weeks in a year. Like it doesn't divide up. It just – the week thing just runs roughshod over the top of all the other kind of systems that, that that we have for time. Yeah, the matrix of how those all work is that you need to have them – well, I, you know, I happen to have them quite present and visually so I can see how they um, might m- 
match together, which which they don't. They don't align at all. And then you you learn. Okay, so Monday Monday could be full moon, which has got nothing to do with Monday. It's the lunar cycle. It's the cycle of. Is the that moon. where the word came from? Uh, moon Moon uh, Rahina. Yeah, Moon means Hina. Rahina, which is Monday, means Moon. Okay. Moon day. Yeah, which of course it's not. <laughs> <laughs> not not at seven. Not every seven days. No, it's based yeah. on um, all the all the days of the week are based on um, planets and on planets. Yeah. I know that people will be saying, doesn't the seven-day week come from the Bible? But I think you're talking about a, a system of work, which... I'm really talking about a, a great, big, huge, seasonal um, change that happens. It happens whether we agree that it happens or whether we, yeah. we notice that it happens. Uh, it, it, it's happening. And... When you pay attention to it, that those rhythms, those natural cycles, then give you um, inspiration, information on what 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 to do, what not to do, and why. You, you know, there's a lot of matauranga held within uh, paying attention to that information. Um, as you know, but we rely on many specialists to give us bits of it to um, guide us yeah. because we've never really understood how to pay attention to those natural cycles that nature has always been wanting us to know about and learn about. What do we pay attention to? The, um, the calendar, the Gregorian calendar. We know that it's Monday. We know what that means because we're well we're well trained. It's trained. We've been yeah, trained. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and you said a phrase before um, when you meet somebody, you oh yeah, it's kind of like the focus on work as as the the defining most defining factor of our culture, Western culture. Yeah, you meet someone, say, how you doing? What's your name? What do you do for a living? Yes, and it's a, that's an economic base. Yeah. Based yeah. on the economy, you know, the industrial economy, not how are you? Oh, yeah, you know, what are you up to? It's well, there might be a bit of that too, but inevitably, if you want, if yeah, it, it feels like in Western culture, if if you want to know about the person you've just met, the best question to ask them, the one that will be the most enlightening, is to ask what they do for a job. Yes. Yeah, and we and we all just do it. And and then immediately we can pigeonhole people if that's all we're after. Yes, we, and we can know and we can know their status in our culture, right? Where, right. Whether we whether we should respect them or not, right? Whether we should pay attention to them or whether we should just think that they're of no significance, right? Okay. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting a little bit cynical here, but that is what's going on a lot of the time. I think yes, maybe more for men than women, you know, on average, Ooh. but. <laughs> Well, because because women have uh, see value in, in themselves. I mean, they give birth to children, so there's a whole and and women value relationships and family a little more than men, or are more focused on it. Okay. I'm gonna get myself into trouble a little bit here. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just I know as a guy that that that's it. Just feels like that's the most significant question you can ask of a person. Mm. 
Mm. And I don't, and I actually don't like it. I don't like that that's so significant. So I try not to ask it, but then I'm kind of just lost with who am I dealing with? Like, how do you get into finding out about them? Right. You okay. Know, yeah. Okay. Yes. We've strayed a long way from Matariki, but. <laughs> we have. <laughs> but, but that's, I mean, that, that, but it, 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 it's come from. You're saying that the calendar that we use in modern times is 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 focused on work, and that's, you know, our our work week, our work day, and and what we do for a living. It's all tied in together. Like that's the, the economic, uh, yeah, utilitarian it's, it's nature of, and, of, yeah, of and Western culture, yeah, base, um, and it's convenient to have those that rhythm in the Western world. Um, but it doesn't relate to there are many practices that people import into that so they can fit them in to that lifestyle. Um, yet it might actually be much more natural to um, have your work life fit into these other practices that you have yeah. as well. But well, I guess, I mean, a lot, a lot of it you've talked about, like, you know, at, traditionally we, we would have just had the harvest now and the food is in the pantry and now it's time for a time of reflection um, we don't harvest is, is non-stop it, or it's not a thing in western culture like it, right like, I hear, yes, I the hear food you. is always there it's always it's always in the shop whenever we go we don't have to wrap our lives around making sure that the food is ready to get us through winter yes yeah. and those are what we call the Western Westernized cycles that we've become accustomed to. So we also import food that is out of season. Yeah. And actually doesn't suit the rhythm of our particular makeup um, yeah. physiologically here in Aotearoa. Because it's if it's imported and then it's not part of the that season that we're living in um, yeah, we adapt. We adapt very yeah. much. And I think it's also some of it's not just cultural. It's just the, the the result of technology. Like we can get food out of season, and so people and people want to sell it and people want to buy it. So it's inevitable that it it will happen because yes. it's possible. And it's inevitable that we won't follow the seasons too much by looking out the window because our phone will tell us what we want to know about that. So I'm curious about like. It, it, Attempts like the renaissance of Maori culture and the desire to incorporate traditional life back into modern life are there are there some areas that are easier to do than others because of the just the technological world we live in um so what we do is we um are we are we talking about I, I don't know. I couldn't help thinking about seasonal food is actually sweeter yeah. than non-seasonal food. Yeah. So there, there, there's not only Māori, but there's a whole community of people who pay attention to organic, sustainable practices around yeah. food. And it's a, it's a known fact that that food is not only nourishing, but it, it's a lot sweeter and a lot has a lot more nourishment in it because it, it has all the other ingredients that are provided by nature for it to be growing within its season. So when we start to, uh, we call it tutu, 
tutu with, <laughs> yes. with Papa Tuanuku. Yep. Yeah, we get this whole rhythm of power over. We're able to do things outside of a natural cycle, yeah. which can be um, – uh, there's people make their living doing that. Their whole rhythm, you know, their work lives are based around how can I make this – this, these flowers grow in the winter when really they're a summer flower, and we have that going on. You know, that's that we call that we normalise those practices, and which is um, probably something I continually question and go, why would you make a seed grow outside of its season? What what's the purpose of that? Yeah, and, and we do know that these attempts to make nature do what we want nature bend to our will never really end very well oh. <laughs> for us there's there are all the various ecological uh, missteps that are going on around the world at the moment that are very apparent to us and we talk about a lot that's what comes from trying to force nature to bend to our will it does for a while but it never seems to work out in the long term yeah, yeah, there is a bigger a bigger story around paying attention to to our I call her our mother, Papa Tuanuku. Yeah. And that's why we're we're, we're in crisis. We're we're in absolute crisis as a world. Yes. <laughs> because yes. of that non paying attention. It's not paying attention to the human family. We haven't paying attention to how to care for her. And so where there's a mismatch and all kinds of things are happening. And I think here in Aotearoa, because we're not a, um, we're an island country, yeah. we have the opportunity to reset and to look at our practices and how we can make more of an alignment towards caring for her and sustainable practices. We have a, a, a major opportunity yeah. to do so. And I think with with Maori culture, we're blessed to have that, to have a, a, not a store of knowledge, but like a way of thinking that 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 reflects the the natural rhythms of the earth, rather than what we do now, which is the natural rhythm, the unnatural rhythms of of our weekly calendar, mm. you know, and all of that stuff that's removed us and disconnected us from the natural cycles, and, and which is leading to ecological problems. I don't know. Well. I mean, European culture must have at one time would have been grounded in the natural world, of course. But I don't know a lot about that. I don't know if we have, and we certainly don't have that way of thinking. Um, like we, like I interviewed Jay Ruka a, a while ago, a few okay. times, and and he was, he was talking about. I'm trying to explain what what he was saying, which is that if if we're looking to resolve the ecological crisis, we need different ways of thinking that aren't necessarily available in in the Western world and. And concepts that aren't available in in English, like they just don't exist, whereas they do exist still in, in indigenous cultures. And so Maori has, if, for people who are learning Maori, they will have access to new ideas, new concepts, or old ideas in some ways. The ideas of and old concepts of living in tune with the environment. I'm trying to paraphrase what he's told me, so okay, I might not have that exactly right, but am, am I making sense a little bit there? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I guess if, um, there are values or tikanga within Māori culture that have been sitting with our people for a very long time and keep practising them, but now they're becoming more like, oh, oh, um, why do you do that? You know, why, 
or or um, recently uh, an example is a friend of mine said there's been a revival in um, Mahia of all, all the um, heirloom seeds people have brought them forward from their homes. They've yeah, been yeah. looking after them because they have always had these amazing um, corn seeds or riwai Māori that they didn't know who to give to because who would value them? But they've been growing them themselves. Yeah, and yeah. now they want people say, oh, but I want to grow them. I want to taste them. I want to try them. Oh, my gosh, I haven't seen that for, you know, 40 years. And I think the desire for people to to reconnect to their communities in that way, um, that's a revival of of there have been those who have held on to that or gone underground, held on to the, that seed bank yeah, yeah. Um, for all the right reasons so that one day they were hoping someone would go, I want to grow that, and it might be your grandchild, and you go, I've got some for you. Yeah, I want you yeah. to grow it. And like, and I don't want to appear to be like down on my own culture. Like, like part of that story there is the industrialization process, which we're talking about where, where – People are like, oh, we've got these new modern seeds, and you can grow them anytime, anywhere. And, and but then people found that they also that involved having lots of chemicals, and and then the number of the diversity of seeds has has narrowed greatly. And this is something that my daughter's learning about at school at the moment. She was telling me about it. So now people are looking for those old seeds, the heirloom, yeah, yes, yeah, and, and, and y- trying to and also trying to develop seeds for this place. Each, you keep seeds each year and gradually the seed evolves or adapts to this environment so it's optimised for this environment as opposed to the one that comes from the company that says this is what you grow anywhere in the world. Yes, that's very true. So a seed bank that's locally held yes. has got a much greater chance of if you have four seeds, those four seeds will probably um, grow Yeah. Um, given that they're from here. Yeah. Um, so yes, there's a lot of that uh, science, uh, indigenous science as well, that has shown that that is so. So if you keep it um, within the area that it's been grown, yeah, it has a stronger uh, life lifespan and re- able to be sustainable. And it doesn't need so much help from us just to stay alive in the ground. Like we don't need to defend no, it. No, when, when, it when from you fertilise things and that, it's really because we, um, to industrialise something is to make it go faster. When you industrialise, you actually want things to go faster. And so, of course, you're going to use chemicals because you know what those ingredients are to speed yeah. it up. Yeah. And that becomes, industrialised also becomes an extremely unnatural cycle. And that's not doesn't sit very well with indigenous science, yeah. Which is you know what Rongoa Maori is part of, yes. the body of indigenous science. So you, you, all your ingredients are organic, I presume. Yeah, try to be. Uh, to, yeah, yeah, very much part of the. Um, uh, uh, it's another story, but it's called the circular economy. Yeah. So that it's yeah much much healthier, much stronger. Breed the breed is stronger. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway. Okay. So I, I guess I've, I've, I feel like I've been a little bit um, uh, incoherent this morning myself. Reflective. Ref- <laughs> just trying to get my head around like what we're doing with Matariki. Like it's not just obviously most people know it's not just a public holiday. 
um, it's much more about acknowledging the renaissance of, of, of Māori culture, or just acknowledging Māori culture and its place in, in Aotearoa. But also it's, it's like, in some ways, it's the tip of an iceberg. So we started talking about, you know, heritage seeds and, and different concepts and different ways of living that we might need to, so we stop destroying the, the ecosystem around us. It's really important for us to stop for a moment, which is very hard to do in the Western world, and to take the opportunity to reflect and even restore. Yeah. Um, Restore, um, you know, using um, that time to, to look back, reflect back, so that when we go forward, we have some tools and, and clarity around what what are we going to do how what will we do from here from this point forward that will be that will be nourishing and um be um of you know a a, a good practice to go forward yeah and and look after not only ourselves but those around us you know and those around us could be within your home environment within your neighbourhood. It's a very scary thing for the Western world to be actually paying attention to your neighbourhood, you know. that. But here in Whangaroa, we have, uh, as you know, many practices around doing so. Pay attention to your hapuri. Your community. And how to care for them. Mm. Yeah, folks, we have been talking to Ngaranoa Renata and Matariki is upon us and you'll be part of the community celebration on Sunday, starting at four, I think it is? Yes, four to seven. Yeah. What time are you doing your storytelling? Do um, you know? I have to look at the program. <laughs> <laughs> During Between four and seven, <laughs> it'll be happening. And uh, they're planning to close the street. If the weather turns awful, I understand that everyone will be coming up here to the town hall. Yes. So, so book it in your calendar. Don't worry. It will be happening uh, one way or the other. And uh, you'll be storytelling about... about I'll be talking about um, Matariki and her children yeah. and the pers- their personalities. Yeah, and we looked at just two of them today, Yes, two we? of them, yes. Yeah, but there's five others. Or five, there's seven. Seven others now. Yeah. That's another discussion <laughs> as well. Yeah. All right, thank you for coming in. Aye, kia ora.